Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello, my name is Ronan and this is the Successful Mentalist Podcast. Welcome. Oh, this is so amazing. Hello and welcome, everybody. We are up for a fantastic conversation today. Now, if you're not familiar with Ronan, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of let his energy do the talking here because this man is an absolute beast. <laughs> I've followed his work for quite a while now. Uh, through specifically the Mind Valley platform, but this man is an absolute genius. Uh, he knows his stuff, uh, and honestly, being able to pin him down for a conversation today is just so exciting. So, Ronan, thank you so much for being here. This is so awesome. Ah, uh, Ivan, it's a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for uh, opening the this space. I, it's it's a pleasure for me to be here. Oh well, thank you. So I'm on the platform. Well, for those who don't actually know you, Ronan, could you give us a little sort of an 80-20 on, on who you are, what you do, what your background is, just so people are, uh, can hit the ground running as we get into this conversation? Yeah, of course. So I, I am originally from Brazil. And, and if you hear a, any weird word, it's probably something that I made up on the spot. <laughs> the accent may be a little thick to, to understand as well. So this is where it's coming, coming from. I, I'm now living in Estonia and I am an author in the health and fitness uh, space. Um, most of my work is published by Mind Valley. I, I work as I work as, a, uh, as an athlete before. I was a former athlete for obstacle circuit racing. So this is this is a kind of a little masochist type of sport that you run a half of a marathon in the middle of a forest with obstacles. You may have heard of, you know, Spartan races and uh, um, all those uh, tough mutter and all those kind of things. So I used to compete on, on those things. You run up a hill carrying a boulder and then climb a rope and, and crawl under barbed wire. And that's more or less uh, how, how people have fun there. And, and and that uh, the whole path led me to uh, understand or to get that curiosity of what is it that the human body can do. You know, I was coming back from a from a background of a lot of health issues since I was a little kid. I had you know, digestive issues, and I had uh, in, uh, immune system issues. I would get sick every every year, at least twice in a year. That you can't. Uh, get off bed and, you know, chronic constipation. I go to the bathroom once in a week. And that was my life story for like 20 years and all the things that come with that. And so I, I needed to find ways to either, I was in a place that I was either abandoning, say, hey, my physical body is a failure, you know, maybe in the next life. Or I could take some attitude and say, what can I do? to see if I can improve that state and just feel a little bit better. And, and once I started digging into the science of the human body and 
and, and going deep into that information, I developed this passion because I realized that my body could completely change uh, if I also paid more attention to what it needed and to what it wanted. And so this is when I started resolving all those problems in and competing as an athlete. And because I went, you know, far in that journey, eventually there were people asking me tips. Hey, you know, how do you do that? Can you help me on a nutrition plan? Can you help me on a training uh, uh, regimen? I want to achieve the same result. How do you do? And then that led me to become a coach. And from then on, I started developing programs. I can take people online, wherever they are, into a, a uh, journey of improving their, the way that they relate to their bodies, the way they understand their bodies, and the way that they experience what it is like to be inside of a human body. Wonderful. There's so many things there. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you on straight away of, of just something you said, like, you've gone through this change. You, you've got into kind of looking after your health and going further and looking into, like, human potential. But it all started with you having a few problems when you were younger and I know Ronan that so many people just kind of look at their situation whether they're riddled with mental like health problems whether they're riddled with like uh, physical problems and they just kind of sit on it and be like oh that's the hand I'm dealt and they don't take any action going forward like why did you decide to just suddenly take action and and make a change because I know it can be so hard for people to actually take that first step and start actually doing it uh, I, to me, I had, uh, you know, I, I would love to answer this question to you and say, you know, one day I felt inspired and I think I deserved a better uh, health and life and came from this beautiful place. But it was not. My whole journey of, of striving for better uh, health and better fitness didn't come from inspiration, it came from desperation. You know, you, you, it was more coming from the dark side of the forest. And so the way that, 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 is, that is an episode that triggered a lot of, of this pursuit to me, that this happened when I was a kid and I was in the uh, elementary school. I was probably eight years old or something around that age. And coming from uh, Brazil, you have two types of kids. You know, the kids that are good in, in soccer and the kids that are horrible. And I belonged to the horrible <laughs> part, <laughs> right? And, and so I never got many uh, good experiences out of, uh, because of this situation. Uh, there was also, there's always the, the, the bullying. There's always the uh, feeling left out because every single uh, physical education classes playing soccer and then every single Wednesday at 9 30 a.m you are there feeling less of a human being because the, you're you're the last to be picked you are the ones that people laugh at and all these kind of things and and so th there was a there was a lot of this feeling of uh, unfairness you know you know uh, I, I, this is not something that I chose you know my body is, is a small body is a weak body and it it has a lot of, of issues and it's unfair. And then I remember that there was one thing that I was good at when it comes to the physical body, that my body was super flexible. 
And uh, I did martial arts when I was a little kid as well. And so I could, you know, stretch. And one day, you know, I had a physical education class. That on one day, that was not a soccer uh, class. It was a, a stretch or a flexibility assessment. So the teacher put all the kids together and you, you sit down with your legs stretched and you, you try to reach your toes. And so I could do this. But all the cool guys, the cool kids, they were also the best at soccer because they are sprinting all the time. Uh, their hamstrings were very stiff, so they cannot reach their, their toes. So they, the cool kids were there, and they were feeling like less of, 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 uh, of a boy because of that. And I went there, and I managed to reach my toes, and, and the teacher was assessing how the, 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 the position that I was holding there. And then come one of these guys that, that was the, the cool kid at the time. And when I was there stretching, he reaching my toes, he came to me and to my teacher. And, and he said, the teacher, he can do this because he's short. So his legs are short. And that was a joke that, that I heard all the time. I was the shortest and the skinniest uh, kid at school. Yeah, I looked at him like just logically. You know, there was no emotion or no feeling to it. I said, yeah, my legs are short. But I, my arms are also short. You know, they're proportional. And then, um, and then this guy called Jeff, he, he slapped me at the back of my head. And then he said, you shut up, you're a piece of shit. And, and I shut up. No, I kept my head down. I didn't look at him. The teacher didn't do anything. And, and things stayed that way. And for years, I, I even forgot of the episode because it, it made me feel weak. It made me feel less of a, of a human being. And many years later was when I was able to recall that, that, that episode and, 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 and face it for what it was. But what that, what that gave me was it what this, was a little bit of that rage to say I am I am I'm going to prove others that I'm not a weak piece of shit. And I think at, at that time the only way that I knew how to do this was to build a body that looked strong. And at that time I, I watched Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I said, ah, that's a strong, this is, this is not a weak piece of shit. So this is probably what I have to do. And, and so that was a, this lingering, or this, this uh, uh, dormant motivation to, to prove all this for an external validation. Um, I was strong, that I needed to, to look stronger, to build a body that, that was strong. Being a kid, that was the only way that I knew how to navigate that situation. So that triggered a lot of my pursuit in health and fitness. It was this place of desperation. I, I, I don't feel whole. I don't feel confident. I don't feel strong. And I'll outsource. I'll, I'll command my body to give that to me. And that led this whole journey with a lot of fire, with a lot of passion, but with a lot of self-destruction too. Because when you place your health in your body and you, and you assign your body to give you, give you to fulfill a unmet need that you have, 
You can be very self-destructive and, and, and abuse your, your health and your well-being to get there. So that's what, that was the, the next stretch of the journey was going so far into the athleticism, going so far into building a body that looked strong that things broke and that I needed to uh, go back there many years later and, and come into peace and realizing that I was a strong human being and I didn't need to prove that uh, with the way that my body looked or performed so that I could feel in a, in a more whole way. But uh, back to your, to your question, actually, it was the, the, what gave me the motivation to start paying attention and, and saying, hey, I need to change something about my body and my health was the feeling of, of desperation. I, you know, I feel a less of a human being that was this very bad uh, feeling that I felt I need to compensate for. And for a lot of us, this is what gets us started. It's not what maintains us in the journey, but it's what, what triggers the, the pursuit. I love that. I think this goes, connects to something that I heard. I think I first heard Stephen Kotler talking about. Um, there's this idea that peak performers, they usually have something that they're running to or they're running from. And what yeah. I've noticed is that a lot of people, in, especially in the health space, tend to be running from something, whether that's just like hitting like rock bottom on a, on a physical level or an emotional level or, or mental level, like, like those that you've described there. It's a really, it's a really interesting overlap to, to hear. And what I particularly love is the fact that you, you said that you did this, you went on this journey and this to, to, to build the body that, that you thought would give you everything and realized that, that there was a, there was a missing piece of that puzzle. Uh, and that actually comes from the actual person that you are being the the mental element of that uh, so what was what was that sort of transition like as, as you sort of moved towards the the I don't, I don't know what the right word here is but i'm going to say mental awareness in the hope that that lands mm. in the right way so, so this this came from uh, years many many years later after the episode when i was a child uh when i was my, my parents did allow me to I wanted to go to the gym like straight away from when I was a kid because I wanted to be in a Conan the Barbarian. My parents never allowed me because I was a short kid and they had the belief that if you lift weights, you, you, it stunts your growth, which is not true. Uh, but that's what the belief was. So I needed to wait until I was 18 to go to the gym. And I was counting the days to turn 18 and, uh, and start training my body. And that happened. Then I went to the gym. I did what everyone was doing. I ate what people were do eating in the gym, training the way that everyone was training, and nothing happened. And my body just seemed not to respond to those to, to, to what everyone else was doing. And then once more, I felt, ah, this is so unfair. I was looking at my body and asking, why do you do this to me? <laughs> I'm here showing up. And, and this is when I started looking into the science. I said, it's not that my, perhaps it's not that my body will not respond. Perhaps it's just the case that I need to find the, the right way. You know, I was a really good student at that time. So I applied my strength as a student to seeing science, what would give me an insight. And then my body started to respond sometime later. And this is when I started, okay, now I can get stronger. Now I can get bigger. Now I can get do it, do all these things and start competing. 
And then I said, now is when I'll become a Conan the Barbarian. But the problem is that my body doesn't have the frame, doesn't have the, the, the genetics to be Conan the Barbarian. It was forcing, forcing it into being. And one day I decided I would do a whole uh, fitness, you know, when you do a bodybuilding competition, that it gets to this very big and lean state that you see veins everywhere and you see a very impressive you know, muscle de definition setup. I'm going to do this. And, and this will be my, you know, Conan the Barbarian achievement. And uh, so I needed to force my body into being something that was not designed to be. And it was a whole project of two and a half years that I needed to, for the first half, the first leg of this two and a half years, I needed to train six times in a week, twice in a day, go to the gym in the morning, then go to the gym in the evening and train myself to exhaustion every single day of the six days in a week and then overfeed my body on top of that. So you need to eat more, now eat, you, you need to eat so much that eating becomes the hardest part of this whole training. And so for this first maybe year and a half almost, you're there just pushing your body to the, to the furthest it can go, if overfeeding and feeling stuff all the time. And then for the other half, you need to do the opposite. You need to underfeed and starve all this time and then just think about food and then you're there manipulating different variables so your body gets into that, into that illusion that it is a, you know, the, that, that Instagram type of look, right? And when I got there, I had a, a, a day that I had a, a, a photo shoot. I, I've done a couple of fitness photo shoots and I, that was my first one. So I did a lot of pictures and, and things like that. And the interesting thing was I felt so, so miserable in you know, my body was so tired and such an unhealthy state that there I was in my uh, impersonation of Conan the Barbarian, feeling that I, everything that I could think about was to get some sleep and spend a weekend eating nonstop without anyone looking. No, I couldn't even appreciate those two and a half years of, hey, I finally achieved that goal. There was no feelings about it. There was just a feeling, can I just go and, and eat until there, you know, as if there's no tomorrow. And, and that's what I did after the whole photo shoot finished. And my body was in a, accumulating so much inflammation from all that overtraining and then, and then overeating and then undereating and all that the abuse that in one week, the week after, I gained around seven kilos. So this is more or less 15 pounds in one week. And, and, and that was all from a lot of, of inflammation and fluid retention. Because when you, your body is inflamed, it holds a lot of water. So my, my, my face was big and people are looking and asking, you know, what happened? And my body was just trying to gather resources to heal because it had been overused for all this time. And this is when I, I, I looked at my body and I asked again, hey, 
why do you do this to me? Why is this so hard for me? And I realized that my body was just showing up for me the best it could for everything that I was doing. It was more my way of feeling I don't feel complete, I don't feel strong, I don't feel confident, and then assigning my body to fulfill an unmet need. And so on, on that day after those, you know, I, I stepped on a scale, I was feeling as if I had an, a, an, a, an accident or something. And said that and realized how much my body was desperate, trying to gather resources to heal. That I, that I had a, I had a conversation with my body. You know, it feels very weird now if you talk about it. But it's one of the practices that I teach, that I teach a lot of my students. That I call body talk. At that time, I didn't know what I was doing. It just felt intuitive. And I said, "Hey, you know, you've been showing up for me all these years since the very beginning." And I never paid attention to what you needed and to what you wanted. I always paid attention to what I wanted, to what I needed, and I told you to give it to me. And I abused, I was absent for the first half of my life. I was abusive in the other half up until now. And, and here you are showing up and, you know, still making me feel alive. And from now on, what I want is to not manipulate you so I can feel happy and fulfilled, but to be working on, on, this, on this mental aspect, as I said, if you feel the fulfillment and the worthy of the human being that I am, and allowing you to express your full potential as a byproduct of, of that. I want to more pay attention to what you want, to what you need, and provide that to you instead of, of manipulating you to fulfill an unmet need. It, with, with that conversation, I, 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 I felt my mindset shifting. And then from that one, I, I realized that me and my body, my physical body, we are different things. My body is part of who I am, but it has its own needs and it has its own wants as well. And I am in a synergistic connection with nature by being a human body. And so the best that I can do is to understand what is it that my body needs? What is it that my body wants to become? How can I provide it? And as in exchange, it gives me all the experiences and all the, 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 the possibilities that I can express in, in my life as being a creative human being. And I think that applies not only for fitness and health aspects, but for anything that we do in, in any profession or any area of our life, it's, it's maximized once your body can, uh, it has its, 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 need, its needs met and can provide you the whole, uh, you know, chemical uh, combination that makes you enjoy and be present in, in, the, in the moment, whatever it is that you are doing. So I think that was the main it's a long story to tell the, the shift that, that happened to be more conscious with my own body. There's so much to unpack here, Ronan. Like there's so much information and gold within the individual things that you've said. And you, you mentioned kind of uh, any profession at, at the end of what you're saying there. And I want to link this round into our profession, into entertainment and there's a lot of people out there who think that, oh, it's, it's hard work. Like 
that they're under that impression that of, of what you were to, to be able to go up to a certain level in fitness, you've got to just put in so many hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and overwork and overwork. And they're just like, oh no, I can't be bothered to do that. I don't want to do that. And as you've said, like, you don't, hey, you don't need to do that, guys. <laughs> you know, and then there's other people out there who they find it difficult to take any action and, and keep themselves healthy. And, you know, like I was saying off the podcast, we, we live in our community and our community within entertainment. It, it can be one of really the unhealthiest, I think, out there, both mentally and physically. And I'm really curious, based on everything you've said in the podcast so far, bearing in mind the entertainment industry, bearing in mind people feeling like they can't fit the health in feeling like sometimes they're overworking or just feeling like they just can't do it. They're unmotivated or whatever. What do you think the easiest way for someone to take action is and start looking after their body in the right way and start just being a little bit more happier overall? I know it's kind of a big question, but I'm just kind of curious to get your viewpoint on that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You know, I think, the main, uh, the, the first step will be, is always a step of awareness. Because I can't say, hey, you know, everyone should intermittent fast. Or everyone should, you know, eat less carbohydrates or more carbohydrates. Or more. You, these steps can be the, the best step for one person, but not the first step perhaps for another person. And so I think the... The, the point of agency is the most important. It's awareness of your current state and the, the consultation of, with, the, with the wisdom of your body to see what your next step is. You know, the, the easiest, the best, the best news about all of this is that the first steps, and not only the first step, but perhaps all the steps that we will ever need to create a, a, a state of health and, and a, a solid foundation is something that is not new to anybody. It's those type of things that our grandparents already told us. And it's those type of things that we pick on our parents whenever they are old and we feel... Uh, uh, bitter towards them whenever you make a criticism about about your parents you know that this probably is a is a important health step are you eating the chips again when you you should eat you know more fiber are you are you spending a whole night without sleeping whenever you pick on your parents pay attention to what is it that you pick on it's very likely it's a very good advice for yourself as well but what i mean is this when i start working with someone i usually go through a step of one the first question is from one from one to ten, how likely you think you are to reaching the age of 85 or longer? This is the first step, a first question that helps someone reflect about their current state, but in a subjective way. You're not saying, you're not taking a look about what you eat, how you exercise. Okay. Uh, what is, if my life stays as, as it is, my lifestyle stays as it is, what are the, what does my intuition say about how long my life is going to be? And it turns out that this question is 
is scientifically very accurate. And, and this is called the self-reported health span. So when you have different studies that are following people through decades, they get people in, in different stages of their life and different health states. And they do a lot of blood tests and biomarkers and they test bring these people to doctors that come up with all sorts of technical diagnosis and, and put this information together and try to predict their lifespan. But they also ask these people, what do you think your lifespan is going to be or how likely you are to uh, uh, become, to turn 85 or longer? And then they follow these people for decades. And after 10, 15 or 20 years, they see who is still breathing. And it turns out that the self-rated health span is often more accurate than what a doctor or a blood test says about your own uh, health state. Often people who say, I am going to live until this age, they are, they are more accurate than a lot of exams that are put together. So this, this is how the conversation starts for the awareness. And so that helps you identify, hey, I am maybe in a really good place, at least for what I believe. I have a lot of habits and a lot of practices that I know they are keeping my body uh, healthy and, and living a long life. Or if you think honestly about this, my lifestyle doesn't change. You may see, hey, I actually, I'm, I'm really in a, a red light here. This is the first question. Then... Uh, the good news is that this is all reversible and the body is very forgiving. So that's the, the second question is, what is something that you think you should start doing or stop doing if you wanted to live longer and better? In this question, is the question that brings us back to what we pick on our parents, what we heard from our uh, grandparents, and usually reveals the, your next step or your first step. Because it, it, it draws attention to your current state and to, into basic things. You will not be, ah, you know, if I really think honestly, what is something that I think I should start doing or stop doing to live longer and better? The answer is rarely going to be supplementing with B12 vitamins and, you know, uh, red light therapy. It'll be more sleeping a little bit more, stressing a little bit less, or, or eating a little bit more of, of whole foods, or nutritional foods. In, in, the, in all the foundation of good health and body performance and longevity is based on this big blocks is sleeping uh, well and, and off, eating whole foods, creating states of inner, uh, inner stillness, exercising more often, moving a little bit more. So usually this question reveals for you what the next step should be. Then the third question, which is the one that I found the juiciest, is... If you know that this is the, the main action point that can extend your life, make you live better, feel 
better and live for longer. Why hasn't it happened yet? I think this is the question that we really want to work on. Because if you say, hey, for you to extend your life, you should sleep a little bit more or exercise a bit more often. Everyone will say, yeah, I know that already. But if, the, if I'm investigating the question why it hasn't happened yet, not from a confrontational perspective, you know, this question is not meant to make people feel bad about it, but from an investigative perspective. So, okay, why, what is the reason that I know that this is probably what is going to extend my life? And now I know that I'm very accurate in my own intuitive feeling. Um, what are the reasons that this has, hasn't happened yet? That is usually a pattern, and there is usually a belief behind the pattern that holds our, our healthy habits where they are. And then addressing those things is what opens the space for a new sense of identity and therefore a new habit that then allows you to put in practice that step that I already know you should be uh, applying. Do you know what I mean? Oh, this makes so much sense. This is this screams so true of so many conversations that even we've been having with people on the subject of health. It's like where we for for context, Ronan, we did a while back. We did a couple of thirty day biohacking challenges. Uh, our first was literally on the subject of sleep, helping people to get better sleep. And truth be told, because we'd never spoken about it in that format before, we had loads of people turn up to the first session. And then when they realised that, oh, this isn't anything knew like in the sense of it, it, it they knew that they needed to get better sleep like the attendance very sharply and i don't mind sharing this it very sharply dropped off because people were expecting something new and exciting and novel and the truth is like as you've said it's really the fundamentals of like what's that first step why hasn't that first step happened yet and then removing all of the mindsets shifting the beliefs actually around that and then taking action from there i, I love how specific this can be uh, and more importantly, how practical this can be to to anybody. Like as you was talking, my mind's already racing on a bunch of different things here, which is great. I, I'm hugely in love with this information right now. And, and from it, here, it, 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 yeah, and ahead. from here, yeah, and from here, where this leads is one. Once I know of any basic and foundational step that is already not new to me, I like to talk about around seven uh, main lifestyle needs. There are those lifestyle needs that we don't know, they, uh, that we already know that they, are, that, that they are fundamental. And these are things like frequent movement, you know, moving your body physically more often. This is one of the reasons that while I'm in conversation with you guys, I'm also walking, for example. Uh, then sound sleep, which means an off sleep and sleep with good quality in a regular schedule as much as possible. Even though when you work with inter entertainment, it works like a shift work, right? Because your performance is usually in the evening. But for the most part, whenever you can have that structure in a regular schedule, that's, that's what you aim for. And then eating more whole foods and giving less, more space for whole foods and less space for, for hollow foods that I like to call the, the foods that give you uh, that, uh, that they give you space, occupy space in your stomach, but not so much nutrients to your body. We know uh, the, the, what we're talking about, all the packaged foods and, and things like that. Some other of the lifestyle needs 
will be creating more inner stillness. So whether by, by practices of mindfulness that, that creates a more a grounded or unshakable nervous system, or by eliminating the triggers of her stress to begin with. So if I have a, a relationship with a coworker or, or something that are a routine that is always causing me stress or every day I open uh, my internet browser to see what is happening with COVID in the world and then I get super pissed about it. Maybe I should not do this anymore or remove some triggers. You know, and things like that. And then they'll have sync, uh, sync with, with nature, uh, more time with community and uh, 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 close connections with, with, other, uh, with other people. Th things like that that are basic that we already know. Then when we are looking to why is it that is, is not happening yet, then what I have found is there are some archetypes. There are some patterns and beliefs that usually repeat. There are, I've, I found at least eight of them that I list down when I'm coaching someone or, or you know, when I'm certifying my, my coaches that we are working with those eight patterns, eight archetypes. There is more as well, for sure. But you find some stories like this. So there's one type of, of story that is that, that I call my struggle is my gift. So this is a, a person who knows what they need to do. Ah, okay, I know that I should sleep maybe a little bit better, or a little bit more, or eat maybe a little bit more whole foods. But they only take action in case of desperation. Now, they only take action when things are really going down. They're either, they went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, you're going to die in two days if you don't change. Or they had a... Uh, Someone in their family who just passed away and now they are afraid or someone came to them and said, hey, if you don't change right now, things are going to be really bad. And they, they start taking action. So, okay, I'm going to eat better food or sleep a little bit more. And then they start feeling a little bit better. And when they feel a little bit better, they let it go again until they have, uh, until they, they are feeling desperate once more. And uh, I, I worked with one lady, for example, that had this pattern. The pattern is... I only take action when I'm desperate. And when I start to feel good, I let it go. And the belief that needs to happen, then you ask, okay, this is the pattern. Now, what does someone need to believe in order to have this behavior? Try not to judge your own case. Now, put this in the third person. What does someone need to believe in order to act in this way? And in this, for this type of archetype, you need to believe that having a problem is a good thing, right? That being in a state of crisis is a good thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't do that. You know, that, that state of crisis is serving you somehow. And so there, there is one lady that I work with called Maya. And Maya, when she was a kid, she went through a very serious case of sexual abuse. And fortunately, she had a lot of support from family and friends to overcome that and, and heal the entire process. But she, she experienced that when she was very young to understand what was happening in life. And what she saw was she had this tremendous crisis. And then the community gathered around her to give her love and support. 
a helper who overcome that. Unconsciously, when she realized that she had learned without, uh, unbeknownst to her and without her conscious choice, was that when I have a crisis, people come and offer me love and support. And what can happen from there is that belief that maybe what happens if I don't have a crisis? Will I not receive love and support? And unconsciously, that was the pattern. And so whenever she was feeling good in her health, she would unconsciously let, let that go because whenever she had this episode that she was in the hospital for two days and the doctor said, you're about to die, she would have an emotional breakdown and all the friends and family would come and support her. And so for a case, for a situation when you find a belief, and this is only one of the different eight different archetypes, but here's the thing. You know, when you find a, 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 a belief that is supporting this type of pattern, then you realize that this whole game of health and longevity is not about uh, eating less carbohydrates or eating more broccoli or going to bed a little earlier. It's about addressing the belief that is holding the old self of identity and being able to acknowledge that one, you, you, you know, supported and protect me one day. Now I am strong enough to do this on my own, your duty is here complete and coming to terms with that part of yourself that then allows you to create a new sense of identity that has the habits that, that you want to implement. You know, so this is more or less how you navigate the whole habit change to create a healthy uh, habit lifestyle. It's finding out, you know, if I propose myself to do this thing that I know my next step is, let's say, eat more whole foods or exercise a little bit more. If I propose myself to do this, I know I am going to fail because. What is this because? You know, in the, my previous attempts, that was, I know that I gave up or I didn't even try or I felt intimidated or whatnot. What is the pattern that happens? And then asking yourself, what does someone need to believe in order to act that way and finding what is the belief there and how the belief served you before so you can acknowledge and let it go. I think that's the deep work of saying, I'm going to eat more broccoli. You know what I mean? That makes so much sense. So to, to, to just recap some of the things that you've, uh, you've shared that this process of self-awareness, which is the most important step, right? This is the, this is the game. As you said, this is the point in the game, not, to just be healthy it's it's to do it for this this innate reason um so actually find out right now that that ask yourself the question of right now with your current lifestyle and your current habits and your current situation on a scale of one to ten how likely are you to live to 85 plus and actually use that as a as a deciding factor from there ask yourself the question like what is something that you should either start doing or stop doing in order to live longer and, and get that initial idea in place and then dive into the question of why hasn't that happened yet? Looking at the belief systems and the, and the, and shifting the identity over to formulate the new habits to, in order to have that thing start or stop that specific behavior, that specific routine or whatever it might be in order to become healthier and live longer. Is that a, a fair summary of, of this? That's a fair summary that it, you, you nailed this. And yeah. This work will happen in parallel of the, with, the, with the implementation of this new habit. 
right? Because this is a, if you start reflecting on these things, you may not get an answer in the first, you know, five minutes that you sit down and, and think about these things. So you may get caught in the loop. Okay, I'm going to do all my own self-therapy here for six months, and then I'll start eating more broccoli. And, and that's not the idea. The idea, okay, I identify the, the next step. And as I am working on implementing this next step, I'm starting to feel all the resistances, all the reasons, all the stories that I tell myself why this is not going to work. And so this is feeding the understanding the pattern, understanding the belief that is holding that pattern and creating the space for you to resolve that and, and, and shifting your sense of identity. As you are trying to implement the, the habit or the next step, whether it is sleeping a little more, eating more whole foods, moving a little bit more often, drinking a little bit more water, or spending more time in nature or whatnot. So these two things are working together because one is a short-term solution and the other is a long-term solution, but they feed back onto each other. And, and, the, and the result is that this is how you turn a piece of broccoli into personal transformation, right? <laughs> 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 that's, that's the magic. <laughs> it's not, okay, the one thing is, is getting the habit of eating uh, more vegetables, and the other is unraveling all the things that are within yourself and realizing that, hey, I, I can actualize myself as a human being by taking this to as deep as it goes. Not only will it be easier, for me to longer to live a, a longer and better life, then my body is the hair here showing up for me for whatever I want to do for more time. But also, I am becoming a better person. I'm becoming a person that feels more whole and feel more fulfilled. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. And I really hope you know people act on this because being more fulfilled, just being that better person overall, and and feeling great. Let's be honest. When I spend days and days and days at my computer, just sat down like a slug going away and typing, it feels horrible and I don't feel like I've got that energy and I just feel a little bit weaker and unhappy with myself. But the moment I go out for a walk, the moment I go out and maybe do some exercise or lift some weights or whatever, I feel fantastic with myself and that is a beautiful place to be, but it's it can just be hard to start and I'm going to be honest with this episode today, with what you've been saying, it is so inspiring. And, and I really hope people take the information on this and find their own inspiration and their own thoughts to push them forward. Because, you know, I always say that health is a, a necessity all around. Like at the end of the day, no one wants to die young, but especially in the entertainment industry. Like I mentioned earlier, it's typically one of the most unhealthiest industries. But when we start looking into health and start actually being a better person and and just like being a little bit happier overall and having more of that energy that comes across in our performances we can show up we can be better we can make better business decisions we can be happier when performing we've got so much more energy when performing and therefore like just by getting on top of health and just by doing a little bit of work there we can actually do better shows and be better at the business stuff and it's it goes hand in hand you want to be better at performing well, health can really help with that. So I really hope from what you said today, Ronan, people, you know, take a little bit of action and and find inspiration in what you said, because I know I have personally. You know, when you say this, what comes to me is one, just a, a moment of 
of reflection about what a better state, mind-body state, can do to remove most of the struggles that you have with your job. You know, I, I work with a, with a lot of, there's a lot of creative work in what I do. Uh, I think this is how I kind of relate somehow to the entertainment industry, even though I'm not performing that way. I also know that there are times for you there's a creative time that you need to think about, create the ideas, the how you, you, you're going to perform. What is it that you're going to do? And a lot of the struggle comes into getting stuck in that. I have no ideas or, my, or I have some free time to finally you know, revamp the performance that I have or the things that I'm doing, but I just don't have the, the time or the, the energy, the brain energy to do that. And so I rather just chill on the couch, watch Netflix, play video game, and then feel guilty about myself after that because I'm just feeling that zombie state. And how great in states like that would be to, to feel ready to, you know, with your mind active and your body feeling light and ideas flowing through you without you having to force those things. And, and this is all a, chem, a chemical state of, of the body. The state of creativity is a state of different uh, neurochemicals that provide the, the, the space for, for your brain to work and your ideas to happen. And they're all connected to the basic foundations, foundational practices of the, of the body. So if your body is in, a, is in a great chemical state because of the sleep that is good, because of the whole foods, or the, because you move your body often, Whenever I need to create, to come up with ideas, poof, idea comes to you. And if you're in flow, you know, what is ama how amazing it is to feel in flow and your best ideas come to you whenever you want them. And then when you go to perform, you don't need a whole bunch of rituals to put yourself in the state that you are now feeling your best because you're feeling your best all the freaking time. And then after a whole week of performance, you don't need a, a whole day or a whole two days of of coping with the, with the uh, amount of energy drain because your body recovers super fast. You can go for many performances in a row and then the next day you're feeling great because your body is in a great state. And I think this is, the, this is where I think that the synergy between what we do and the body that provides the possibilities for, for us to do what we do comes together. In the, in the work of the, the, the brain, in the work of the, the energy and the states that you have before you do it, as you do it, and after you do anything that you, that, that you want to be uh, doing. And so what I, what I like to tie all of this together is if there is one habit, because you said, you know, I really hope that people take action on those things. And I think if there is one habit that I like to work with people in the very first beginning. It's not the habit of drinking more water. It's not the habit of sleeping a little earlier or not the habit of eating more broccoli or not. But it's a meta habit. It's the habit that I call the body talk. It's the, the act of having a conversation with your body to, to, to create a space to analyze what is happening what can be better and, and how I can take action. Because the, if you create a weekly practice of reflection, 
of realizing of going through the questions that we that we talked about today you know uh with my with my current lifestyle how likely i am to live longer and well what is the next thing that i should do or should stop doing and why is it that hasn't happened yet if i have this conversation every week then i feed the energy eventually create momentum for the action to take place and it's very easy to come out of out of a conversation like today and say, "All right, I'm gonna eat the freaking the freaking broccoli," and and you do this for a week one, and maybe do this for a week two, and then week three you forget. But if you don't have the meta habit of analyzing your habits, analyzing the reflective part, it's very easy to for these things to fade. So if I am giving priority to one practice, it will always be. The awareness, reflective-based practice, because that keeps us looking at it. And eventually, that turns into action. And when it turns into action, this is when the magic happens. But for that to, to be in place, we want to keep looking and, and, and uh, uh, intentionally thinking about it. It makes sense? makes so much sense and rona thank you so much for coming and sharing this this information it's given me so much to go away and think about and implement uh I, the, going through this meta habit is now going to be part of my weekly routine uh instant drag and drop straight after this call i'm going to be adding it all up and getting it all set up ready to roll for this weekend uh, but with that said like how can we support you how can our audience come and connect with you if they want to find out more about your work and everything that you've got going on Beautiful. Uh, you can find me on Instagram whenever I have updates. This is usually where I, where I tell them, even though I'm not super active there. It's still the most active place that I'm at online. And a lot of my work is published by Mind Valley. So uh, I have courses on uh, fitness, on nutrition, on fasting, on exercise, and a whole uh, certification course on, on holistic health for people who are interested about this kind of things, all through the Mind Valley membership. So this is something, if you're more interested to say, okay, let's go deeper into that direction, then uh, the, the Mind Valley platform will give you most of the work that I have as well. Fantastic. And I'll I'll say straight up everything that's over on that platform. Absolutely fantastic. Loving all of the all of the courses, all of the quests. Absolutely fantastic. But Ronan, thank you so much for being here with us, for for sharing this absolute gold mine of information here. Um I'm really excited for everybody to actually hear about this. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation for opening space for this type of ideas to flow. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. 
It's called the Magicians Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, and the magic of the internet will take you straight there. Or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magicians Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.